This week's episode is sponsored by Spaces. Spaces is a new platform backed by 15 plus years of educator feedback designed to document the process and progress behind student learning in your classroom. Join the Spaces community to connect with educators across North America and gain access to free teacher-created resources, help educators who are just starting out on their journey, and learn new things from teachers who have been there before. So visit community.spacesedu.com today. Uh, is this the teacher hotline? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Hotline. My name is Ronald Hay, where we try to answer some of the most pressing questions for teachers in and outside of the classroom. Today, our caller comes from Sean from the independent school system. Sean, how can we help you today? Hey, Ron. I really enjoyed your episode about what it's like to work at an all-boys school. I was wondering if you have any teachers that have any experience teaching at an all-girls school. It's something that has piqued my interest. I grew up in a co-ed school like most people, and all my teaching experience has been co-ed. I was wondering if teaching at an all-girls school would be a good fit for me. Thanks. Thank you so much, Sean. To help answer that question, today I bring in Sarah Leeper, a middle school teacher at St. Mildred's Lightbourne School in Oakville, Ontario. Sarah has been a teacher for six years now, and during her time, she has worked both in the co-ed and single-sex education environment. Sarah has a wide range of teaching experience working at several institutions, including Lakefield College, Bayview Glen, Class Afloat, Blythe Academy, and now St. Mildred's. Sarah received her BA in English, History, and Education and Society, along with her B.Ed. from the University of Toronto. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much for having me, Ron. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah, so let's just dive straight into this because I know there's so much to talk about today. Um, so similar to All Boys School, which we did an episode a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, there aren't a lot of all-girls schools left. Um, most schools are mostly co-ed. So what are some of the big GTA all-girls schools that you can know of uh, off the top of your head? So I actually think uh, there are, I mean, in comparison to every school that exists, uh, there are sort of few and far between girls schools, but the ones that have been around, I think, have sort of stayed. Um, Lots of all boys boarding schools went to co-ed. Appleby, where you work, is a really good example. Um, But most all girls schools, if they've been all girls schools, have stayed stayed that way. So um, in Toronto, there's some of the bigger ones. uh, Branksom Hall, Havergal, Bishop Strawn, and St. Clements uh, are a few. And then there are some smaller ones, um, such as Hawthorne and the Linden School. And there's also some outside of the city. So where I work, St. Mildred's, uh, is west of the city. Uh, Trafalgar Castle School is another boarding school east of the city. And then sort of further afield, there's uh, Elmwood School in Ottawa. Okay. So all-girls school, they're still pretty prevalent. There's obviously, you named quite a few there. Mm -hmm. And you've worked in both environments, single-sex and in Mm co-ed. So just to kind of kick off the conversation, has there been any big differences in experience for you as the teacher teaching at a single sex school versus a co-ed school? 
As far as my experience as a teacher, uh, I wouldn't say that there are too many sort of glaring differences. I St. Mildred's is the first all-girls school, the first and only all-girls school that I've worked at, um, and all of my experience prior to that has been at co-ed, um, but my approach to sort of regular classroom teaching, regular classroom practice hasn't changed really all that much, sort of uh, a student is a student is a student um, for the most part. Uh, but if a teacher was thinking about working at an all-girls school, um, they might notice that their students have somewhat different challenges than co-ed or even all-boys schools uh, students do, and they might want to tailor their instruction accordingly. Um, one of the main things that we sort of uh, focus on helping the students through at our school is uh, surmounting uh the tendency to try to be perfect or that um, sort of perfectionistic uh, approach to almost everything. Um, I've really noticed that my students at St. Mildred's and then also I've heard this from other teachers who work at all girls schools really uh, focus on, on making sure that their classrooms are safe spaces for uh, students to try new things and maybe fail and maybe make a mistake, but it's okay. And, and we're learning through the whole, the whole thing. Interesting. Mm -hmm. This was a question I was going to ask you later on in an interview, but I think it's a great time to ask now. Um, when I did this same interview with uh, with a teacher at UCC, one of the mm -hmm. questions I asked was, um, was there any particular PD or special training when you got onboarded to the school about, you know, this is how girls learn, this is what the research says, so this is, you know, maybe something that you should be doing, you know, X, Y, Z to help promote girls learning? Because from my understanding, again, you know, this is just basic, you know, quick Google search over here. You know, the reason why we have all girls versus all boys is one of the main arguments is, you know, girls learn differently than than boys. So I would imagine that, there would be a, perhaps a different approach in the classroom to to girls when teaching versus boys. Again, this is kind of just me, I don't know, doing a quick Google search here. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So uh, when we're onboarded to the school or when someone is um, sort of hired, at least at our school, I wouldn't say that there's any particular sort of discussion about how we need to approach teaching all girls differently. Um, but there are sort of things that you learn as you go. I had a or I have a, a unique experience because I actually was a student at St. Mildred. So I understand um, what the sort of student perspective of being at an old girls school was. So I sort of arrived with that knowledge and I was able to, to make little changes accordingly. Um, but there's no specific PD. We basically talk a lot about um, empowering students as young women, making sure that they're not afraid to, like I said, take risks, take uh, chances, maybe fail. Um, so as far as my actual instruction of students, I wouldn't say that I do anything in particular that is very different than I did when I worked at a co-ed school. However, I do like to emphasize different things. I really like to focus if we're um, you know, practicing reading uh, nonfiction texts. I really like to choose articles that are about um, specifically Canadian women who are doing really cool things. Recently, we read an article about uh, Steph LeBay in our classroom, who was the uh, goaltender for the Canadian women's soccer team. They won gold recently at the Tokyo Olympics. So I really like to choose content with an eye toward um, showing my students that they are allowed to exist in any spaces that they want to and that they can sort of accomplish anything um, that they set their mind to. And there aren't, there shouldn't be uh, barriers to that help sort of give them that confidence. Uh, and then the other thing that I 
in particular like to do, and I, I sort of learned this from one of my, my colleagues, Alicia Armstrong, uh, is that it's really important if we're trying to get rid of uh, perfectionistic tendencies in our students, it's really important that we practice what we preach. Uh, and in that way, I really try to show my students that there are days when I am not perfect and there are days when I forget something at home and there are days when I am overwhelmed, but it's okay. It doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. It doesn't mean that everything now is impossible. It just means that it's a little bit of an obstacle and and it's something that can definitely be overcome. You know, I, I think that's, that's a great commentary right there. I think that applies for whether it's all boys school, co-ed school, all girls school, I mm-hmm. think that's something that uh, that could definitely be applied in, in every classroom. Yeah, um, especially as teachers um, and as teachers at independent schools, I know that we hold ourselves to really high standards uh, and rightly so. Um, so it's it's really easy to want to disguise all those ways that we don't uh, sort of get it right the first time or that if we have a lesson that is a real flop, we try not to acknowledge it, or at least I know that in my earlier years, I tried not to acknowledge it. And especially teaching at an all-girls school really hammered home for me the importance of, you know, showing my students that it's very human to not always be perfect or on or get it right the first time. I agree. I think that's something I personally learned as well. I'm, what, 10 years into teaching now, and I find that, you know, I I try to put on less of a show and, Mm -hmm. you know, a mask on in the classroom, and I try to show my authentic self. Um, and to your point, you know, you know, if you make a mistake, I, I actually call myself on mm-hmm. it now. Um, because to your point, you know, I, I find students respect that and they they I want them to see the human side of me rather than this, you know, figure in front of the room where I remember, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I'd see a teacher in the a grocery store, I'd be like, Oh my god, like, you know, so and so, Mr. So and so is at the grocery store. <laughs> you know, I want them to look at me as like a human being mm-hmm. and not some sort of wild animal, right? Mm-hmm. And I also uh, really so. liked what you said too about bringing your authentic self to the classroom and, and to your teaching and your practice. Uh, I think one thing that can be hard, especially for young girls and young women, is to be their authentic selves. I think that young women put a lot of expectations on themselves to um, be a certain way. Society certainly puts a lot of expectations on them to be a certain way, to act a certain way, to look a certain way. So just like you said, I think bringing our authentic selves to the classroom, at least for me, is very important to help my students who are young women bring their authentic selves to school as well. That's a great transition to another question I had mm-hmm. was, do you see that in the classroom where girls, I guess, I guess using that word, be more authentic because they're an all girls school and there are no boys around to, you know, whether to impress or, you know, you know, dress up a certain way. I know you, 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 uh, your school is a you know, uniform school, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know, just in terms of just the way they act or dress down days, do you see a little bit more authenticity because there are no boys or, uh, yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think that, I mean, at least as a student, I felt less like I needed to fit a mold. Um, when I attended an all-girls school, I actually went on to then attend a co-ed high school. Um, and I think there I did notice as a young person that I, I felt like I needed a little bit to, to be this way or say these things a little bit more. I think that one of the gifts of a single gender education is that there's less expectation of what do boys do and what do girls do. It's more so just what am I doing here, um, which is really important to me to remember as a teacher at an all girls school. Right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, 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 uh, of courses and just, you know, being authentic and empowering women, mm-hmm. 
I know for me at my school right now at Appleby College, I find it very difficult to get girls to take courses like accounting, for instance. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that in your all boys episode. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. And, you know, at with that episode, it was just so I, I talked about how difficult it was to get girls. And, you know, we're a pretty 50-50 split with guys and girls at Appleby. Yet, for some reason, it's such a male-dominated course. And this year has actually been the high, one of the highest enrollments with, with women. And it's been so awesome. Wonderful. Uh, I know. And, you know, I guess my question for you is, you know, do you see women, I guess, taking more of those, I guess, quote unquote, male dominated courses, you know, whether it's engineering or, you know, accounting, for instance, um, are, are they, are girls willing to take, I guess, more of that risk? Um, and I don't even know if risk is the right word. I, I don't know why girls aren't taking accounting more or some of those other courses more, uh, but I don't think it's a coincidence. And I'm just wondering what the enrollment is like in some of those courses in those STEM courses mm-hmm. uh, at St. Mildred's. Yeah. So I, um, I think that definitely because sort of the accounting, the engineering, more STEM-centered courses have been traditionally and historically thought of as sort of male-dominated courses that has sort of trickled into our uh, the enrollment that you're probably seeing. And I think that if a, you know a female student, for example, at your school had heard that those courses were heavily skewed towards boys and it was mostly an all boys school like class uh it could be an intimidating environment for the girls who who do really want to be there so i think that that might count towards some of what you're seeing uh but at an all girls school our accounting course is all girls and it's full and it's uh you know, any student that wants to take it does take it. And we don't notice any sort of difference um, between, you know, humanities versus STEM courses. In fact, we, uh, on the humanities side of things, we're sort of begging our students to to take more uh, writer's craft, studies of literature, those things, because they, most of them want to take the more STEM oriented courses. I think a lot of that has to do with, um, Specifically at St. Mildred's, we have a pretty thriving robotics team, um, and it it sort of permeates every level, especially the senior school, but then also down into the middle school as well. Uh, it is definitely our most well-attended club. Our students are so excited about it, and they're really proud to be an all-female robotics team that has had a fairly high level of success. And I think that that has pushed a lot of our girls into STEM courses, and that's why you see them be so full. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm all about trying to get young girls, young women to be feel empowered and feel confident to be able to enter some of these fields that are typically male dominated. Um, you know, and I feel like you know, at an all girls school, definitely seems like that that barriers is not there. It's just you know, you have the freedom to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like that coed school, there, you know. I don't know. I, I don't know how to break down that barrier. And that's that's the one thing I've been trying to figure out for years and years and years now. Um, but again, the flip side of things as well, right? The, the counter argument against single gendered schools is, I, I brought it up in the other episode as well, is, you know, in, in the quote unquote real world, right? You don't have single gendered environments, you know, mm-hmm. boys mixed with girls, men with women. And in these single gendered schools, you know, students lose that ability to work with the opposite sex. Um, so what's kind of, I guess, your 
argument if, if a parent or someone came up to you and said, hey, you know what, I, I kind of want my daughter to work with boys. They don't might not have the opportunity to do so at an all-girls school. What, what would you say to a parent that came up to you with that argument? Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on the student. I think that um, in, for certain students, a co-ed school might be the better fit. Um, but I definitely do look at our students, especially the ones that I've sort of seen go through the senior school and graduate and be preparing for graduation. Uh, And I think that spending those formative years at an all girls school really does help them to have that foundation of comfort with who they are with, like we said, their authentic selves um, and with what they want so that when they do go into sort of you know, whether it's post-secondary education or into the bigger world, they can rely on that foundation, even when there might be this new sort of, I don't want to say challenge, but new sort of environment where it is. Well, it boys is are co-ed. challenging. You can say. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I do really think that there is benefit to especially spending um, senior years at all girls schools. And then also, you know, there's benefit to junior junior years. I just um, haven't worked as much in those years, so I can't speak to what the benefit there is. What I will say is um, my perspective is, is a little bit skewed because I did attend middle school at St. Mildred's and all girls school and then chose to go to a co-ed high school. And now looking back on it, I do believe that, <laughs> The going through high school is is a really good thing uh, to do in a, a single gender school. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like to me that, and again, it's it sounds like to what you were saying that an all girls school really isn't for everyone. Would you say it kind of just depends on the child? And if it does depend, what do you mean that by that? Like, what does it depend on? Like, if if you you know you know if you had a daughter yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know what would go into consideration in you know, whether to send that child to a single gendered school versus a co-ed school? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think that it, just like you take a whole number of factors into consideration, do you send your student or your child to a very small school? Do you send them to a very big school? Do you send them to an enriched school? Do you send them to a school that takes things maybe a little bit slower, provides more support? I think that there are all sorts of different considerations um, that go into choosing where your your child goes to school, and it's a big decision. Um, for someone who might be considering all girls, I would say to them everything that I, I have said so far, that it really is a place that focuses on empowering women and showing them that they can exist in, in any space that they want to. So if there's a, a young person who maybe needs a little bit more of that messaging or needs a little bit more encouragement to show up for herself and, uh, you know, not take no for an answer and, and have that confidence um, that we really try our best to, to give to our students. Uh, I think that an all girls school or a single gender school would be perfect for that kind of student. And speaking to Alan from my episode with all boys, he also mm-hmm. did mention that just because you go to a single gender school doesn't mean that you have zero interaction with oh. the opposite gender. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. like you're you're partnered up with other, you know, all, an all boys school, for instance. Like, I'm assuming mm-hmm. you guys still have dances or prom or whatnot. Like, is that how it works at St. Mildred's as well? 
Yeah, it is. I mean, in normal in normal years where we could intermingle with, <laughs> with other right. um, other schools, uh, that is normally how it works. So we have uh, traditionally had St. Andrew's College up in Aurora, uh, which in Elroy School be our sort of brother school. But then we've also um, in recent years partnered more and more with Royal St. George's College, RSGC, um, which is another all boys school downtown. And the middle school, I think mostly they sort of have dances, um, which is, which as a student was an interesting experience. And as a supervisor teacher is an even more interesting experience. Um, but then there are more and more opportunities for collaboration as sort of the years progress. One thing that I thought was so wonderful, especially um, about the pandemic is that because physical limitations were there for everyone. Um, there was a lot of digital programming I saw put on by our prefects and our student leaders in conjunction with the prefects and student leaders at St. Andrews College. There was a wonderful sort of open mic night via Instagram that the, the students put on that I thought was amazing. Um, and, and all sorts of other things like that. We often have um, with St. Andrews College as well, we do a collaborative um, uh sort of remembrance ceremony for uh, the women who died in the Montreal massacre. It's a very moving ceremony that um, has been developed over the years and all of our leader, student leaders take part in. So I think that there is a lot, um, like Alan uh, might've said on the all boys episode, there's a lot of uh, sort of opportunity within the school to collaborate with boys and to have that exposure to boys um, in addition to whatever students might be doing outside of school. Right. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm curious about is I've always heard just in passing and if even if you do a quick Google search as well about this, mm -hmm. that girls just learn differently than than boys. In fact, I think some people might have even go as far as saying like girls just mature faster than boys. And that's kind of like a, a thing that's been going around that I've heard of before. I guess, number one, because you've been in both environments, number one, would you say that's true in terms of maturity level, um, that girls do mature a little bit quicker than, than boys do? Um, and number two, if they do, why? how does that look, I guess, in the classroom? Mm -hmm. I think that there, there might be some sort of neuroscience to back up um, the rate at which girls' brains develop versus boys' brains develop. Um, if there is, I don't know exactly what it says, but I, I agree with you. That's definitely sort of a popular sentiment. Um, I think as well, though, that um, I think that society in general expects quite a lot out of girls and quite a lot out of young women. So I think that some of what we're probably seeing is is those young women rising to the expectation of maturity and perhaps the young men um, get given a little bit more lenience with that. Uh, in the classroom, I mean, in any classroom, you see a, a variety and you see a wide range. Um, but I do appreciate, I will say, um, since I, I'm a grade eight teacher, everyone always says, oh my gosh, you're a grade eight teacher. <laughs> What's that like? That must be horrible. And I really don't find it to be, uh, it's a wonderful experience, actually. I think that it's a time when um, young girls are starting to sort of 
find those leadership spaces that they can either within their peers or within their school. Um, and it is, it is really cool to see them maturing, which maybe if you looked at, you know, sort of any co-ed grade eight classroom specifically, you might not see as much with, with the boys from the classroom. Yeah. I feel like as you get to like the senior school level, like I, I find that it's hard to differentiate. I find that boys and girls really kind of maturity level, they kind of all kind of get to the same space. I find it's just the younger grades. Like right now this year, I have grade nine advisees and I feel like immediately, like I, I notice a big difference. Uh, like I love my group. The group is incredible, but the boys are definitely a little bit more rambunctious. Uh, whereas the girls, right, a little bit more calm. Just even our conversations are a little bit more mature. Um, and again, I, it's a totally small sample size. I'm talking about like eight kids. Uh, but just even just from my experience of going, you know, through, you know, I covered a middle school class once. And number one, I don't know how the hell you do it every single day. It was like a circus for me. Uh, but the <laughs> girls were all, you know, sitting down at their desk, getting work done and so mm -hmm. focused. And the boys... I don't know what was going on with the boys. Like, I've, I'm pretty sure I lost maybe five of them by the end of the class. Uh, <laughs> but the boys well, are always just so hard to manage. They can be. They can be. And I'll say the same for when I've worked at co-ed schools and I've sort of um, been a bit of a fly on the wall for for co-ed friendships often, especially in, I mean, I worked at a high school that I'm thinking of, but um it, even in those friendships, the girls sometimes are sort of the caretakers and, and reminding the boys, like, you need to be working right now. We need to get some things done. And the boys are the ones who are sort of being being caretaken, being led by them. So I do think that there is that aspect of women are sort of generally expected to be um, more caretakers. And that's you're seeing that happen in in young people. But also, like I said, the neuroscience probably backs up some of that rambunctiousness that you saw in the middle school classroom. Right. Here's another thing I'm curious to see what if you experience this or see this mm -hmm. more from a co-ed setting. But I find that especially with the younger grades, I find that the boys and the girls, they actually don't mix well very, it's almost like oil and water sometimes. I, I find mm -hmm. that the boys won't acknowledge the girls or the girls won't acknowledge the boys. It's almost like one group's cooler than the other. Whereas in the senior school, I don't know, everyone's all friends. Everyone's all buddy buddies. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or girl. It, everyone's just friends. But I find, I don't know, right now with the grade nines and tens, I find mm -hmm. it's hard to bring the two groups together. And I don't know if you see that as a middle school teacher, uh, whether it's at St. Mildred's or at a different school, but curious to hear your take. Well, you certainly see it, um, or you would see it at the, the co-ed dances that we had. <laughs> you would certainly see that. But I'm sure that's not unique to, to single gender schools. I'm sure you would see that at somewhere like Applebee, too, that's yeah. co-ed. Um, I, I definitely did notice that as well. I've only worked um, in co-ed high schools. So the youngest that I have taught that has been co-ed was grade nine. Um, and like you saw the same thing, there wasn't as much intermingling. I think that that's sort of a... a leftover from how students and how young people intermingle in junior and middle school ages. Um, I'm sure that there's a reason for it, but if there is, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm looking for the answer right now. I'm trying to, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you find teaching all girls just get boring? Like a single gender, just, you know, every single day. And I, I find for me, like, because I've been in co-ed my entire life, whether I was a student or te a teacher, I find having both genders kind of 
exciting because both genders just bring a different element to to the classroom. Uh, yeah. I don't do, do you miss that? Because I guess you've had both experiences. Did you ask the all boys teacher whether I, or not teaching boys is boring? I did. I did. Okay. And I'm curious to see if uh, you feel the same way about an all girls school. Mm-hmm. Um, I it the idea of getting bored with teaching only girls has not crossed my mind. Um, I like I said earlier, sort of for me, a student is a student is a student. Um, and I love them all. And I'm thinking of my homeroom class this year. They are, you know, quirky and strange and and wonderful. And they would be that way, I think, whether they were just a group of girls or a group of co-ed students. Um, I, that isn't to say I disliked teaching co-ed. I did enjoy teaching girls and boys. I did enjoy, um, I <laughs> It was almost fun sometimes to razz the more rambunctious boys in the class yeah. <laughs> um, where you would want to be a little bit more careful about that in an all-girls setting. Not always, but sometimes. Right. Um, so I I enjoyed teaching co-ed, um, but I think that's mostly because I enjoy teaching young people and I enjoy being around young learners. Uh, and so I get to do that at an all-girls school as well. Do you feel like some people or some teachers, I should say, are built for co-ed or single gendered school? Like for you, for instance, like mm-hmm. you said, an example, do you feel like your strengths as a teacher play to an all girls school or do you feel like, you know, it plays well to a co-ed school or, you know, to your point, you know, it doesn't matter. Boy, girl, you know, you're a great teacher. You you feel like you could teach both. Uh, I think that. I, you know what, I really enjoy being able to teach content, especially in my English classes, especially in my humanities or social studies classes, um, that has an eye towards um, female empowerment, women empowerment, um, really cool women doing really cool things. Uh, not that I couldn't at an all boys school, but I think I would get a few more eyebrows raised where at St. Mildred's, it's sort of, you know, what we do, it's, it's looked at. with, with, um, it's looked at well, um, in the same way that you come across teachers, especially people like kindergarten teachers or people like physics teachers, uh, like there are people who are built to do certain things. And I, I do believe that probably there are teachers whose sort of natural skill set might work better, uh, in an all boys and all girls school. Um, but I don't think that that natural ability or that natural in inclination would preclude anyone from um, being able to sort of find their feet at any sort of single gender school. All right. Right. To wrap things up, Sarah, uh, what final words would you have for parents who are considering sending their daughter to an all girls school? I, I, when it comes down to it, I really do think that it's um, student dependent. I think that it really depends on the child and their needs. uh, And if they, want to attend uh, an all-girls school, uh, if they would feel really comfortable at an all-girls school, if they feel really comfortable in the space, if they've gone on a tour there and it feels like somewhere that would be a, a really good, happy place to learn for that student, I think then I would encourage them to come to whatever school made them feel that way. And what about teachers that are perhaps on the fence to see a job posting at St. Mildred's, for instance, or any of the schools that you listed, uh, but they've only taught at co-ed schools? What words do you have for teachers considering applying to working at an all-girls school that perhaps might not have had that experience before? What can they expect? 
I would say don't be uh, nervous or worried about having never done it before. It's if you've taught a class of students before, you have a, <laughs> a basic understanding of, of what you need to do. Um, it's it's actually a really wonderful place to be. It's a really encouraging place to be. Um, it's a really empowering place to be, at least for me, and I would hope that it would be for any staff member. Um, so my sort of advice or final thought would be uh, don't let nervousness about an all, a single gender school or an all-girls school stop you from, from applying because it's a pretty cool place to, to land. And I think that's a perfect way to wrap up our conversation. Sarah, thank you so much for hopping on the teacher hotline today. We really appreciate your insights about uh, working at uh, both co-ed schools and single gender schools. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate having been here. Best of luck with, uh, I guess, the final weeks of leading up to the Christmas holidays. And uh, I think we both deserve it, don't we? Oh, boy. <laughs> ready. I'm ready for it. Um, a couple more weeks. We're almost there. Couple more weeks. Couple more weeks. And thank you to all our listeners out there for tuning into this week's episode of the Teacher Hotline. This is actually going to be our last episode before the Christmas holidays. Got some marking coming up, got some reporting to do. It's just been a long couple of months, so I think I just need a little bit of a break. So next week, we're just going to tune back in to wrap things up, to say goodbye, happy holidays. But until then, I'll see you guys all next week. Don't forget to click that subscribe button and don't forget to follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at the teacher hotline. Everyone, we're almost there to Christmas holidays. I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.